What are what 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 are the the main things you're looking for in this hopeful boyfriend? Ideally bisexual. Okay. <laughs> I've been dating more straight men recently, and it is a layer of like we have very different bases of humor and references. You know, like I want somebody who's in community with me and like knows. And there, there are straight people who like understand things, but like I don't want to have to teach trans one hundred and one to my partner. You know, like yeah. I don't want to have to do all of that stuff. And people who are somewhere in the LGBTQ whatever umbrella we're dealing with tend to have a better sense of how to talk about things right. and all of that. But I mean, really, I want somebody who makes me laugh. Gender is one thing a person can be attracted to, you know? I'm looking for somebody who is funny yeah. and who makes me think in new ways and who takes care of me. But first, a word from our sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all you fan whores and whoreheads who show up every week. I slutty salute you. This is Billy Presida and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, 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 welcome to the show. This is like take five, so just at this point, I give up. If you hear helicopters in the background, something's going on in Bushwick. I don't have the Citizen app anymore, so I'm, I'm not going to try to fight it anymore. <laughs> My apologies. But welcome, welcome. Uh, we've been coming to you every Wednesday with sex-positive conversations on dating, gender, relationships, love, and the occasional butt stuff for nearly nine years. Isn't that crazy? Every Wednesday, haven't missed a Wednesday. It's like the only, it's like one of the only constants in my personal schedule. It's like that and football in the fall. Like I know every Wednesday, a new episode needs to come out. And, you know, in the fall on Sundays, roughly around 1 p.m. Eastern time, the Jets are going to make me upset. And, and everything else in my life is pretty flexible. It can be moved around. And so I'm happy to be here with y'all, everyone. This week on the show, uh, I, it's part two. Yeah, a part two. That's how insanely great this guest is. Maybe Burke is a creator and educator. They have a, a wonderful TikTok that y'all should check out. And last week, we talked a lot about the dumpster fire that is their dating life. And towards the end of the interview, you know, I, I'm trying to land the plane. I had like another question, and that resulted in like another 30 to 40 minutes of conversation. Not for nothing, I, I feel like our chemistry is pretty fire. So, you know, I didn't want to put it behind the paywall. I thought we'd break this up into a two-parter. So that's what you're going to be hearing about today. We're going to be talking a lot about identity. I'm looking forward to sharing that part two with y'all in just a little bit. I went to Hacienda last week on Saturday, and I, I signed up for a guardian shift. That just means that, like, I wear an armband around the party, and if people need to, like, make a complaint or report somebody for something, bird, uh, or, if, or if they're just, like, you know, feeling lonely and they need to talk to somebody, they have questions about the space, you know, they can come, you know, talk to a guardian. So I got assigned the 4 to 5 a.m. shift. That's the final shift, the graveyard shift. 
I had to take an Adderall at like 10 o'clock just so I could know I, w- I was going to be able to stay up through this thing. But, uh, but you know, I had, had a good time. I was, I was surprisingly straightforward and complimentary with people, asking for things that I want, making sure people I was interested knew that I, you know, I thought they were attractive. You know, asked a really hot friend of mine if I could give her a massage because I know she likes massages and I know I want to have my hands on her body. That was fucking dope. And, and here's the thing about a guardian shift is that you can't, um, you can't play during your shift. So I basically have the whole party until 4 a.m. to like connect with someone, get down, et cetera. And, you know, maybe around like 2.45, I'm, I'm back in the fire pit and I'm, I'm talking with this uh, very pretty woman uh, as well as these other two dudes. We're just all kind of, we're not, no one's like really flirting. It's really more like we're talking about poly and parties and, um, you know, oh my God, it's fucking cold because the low is like four degrees. By the way, I've never seen the orgy kick off so fast than when it is brick fucking cold outside. Cause that has the end. It's like you go on the first floor where you can't play, but there's like limited space. And then there's outside by the fire pit. But if you step more than eight inches from the fire pit, like you want to cut your tits off. And then, uh, and then there's the basement. People fucking in the basement. That's irrelevant to this story. But we're in the back and we're talking and I'm, I'm, I'm letting loose some compliments here and there. Like, let her know I think, like, her body's dope. Or at one point, you know, saying I really liked her outfit. She likes my glitter. Okay. But nothing's, like, overt and obvious. Dude's talking about his job that I don't care too much about. But I am trying to, like, let her catch me staring at her tits a little bit. And, like, or, like, letting eye contact with her linger just a little extra longer. I'm getting a couple smiles, still not too sure. I step away from the conversation, and when I come back, she's like physically up on me. She's very close. And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm a big dum-dum. I could have probably made a move on her forever ago, but great. Now we're making out. But like quick into the makeout, it was like 3.36 a.m. And so I kind of stop her and be like, look... I'm on a time crunch because my shift starts at four. So I have 24 minutes to do whatever you'd like to be doing. Want to go downstairs? <laughs> like normally I would draw this out a little longer, let it build up. But like we're on the clock. And so we end up downstairs. We fool around. I don't need to, to kiss and tell the dirtiest of the details. I'll just say I do love a good instruction. Yeah. Just curl your fingers a little more. Love that. Thank you. I'm flying blind down here. I barely got to know your body already. I'm two fingers inside of it. You know, if I need to move to the left, tell me to move to the left. It's okay. It's like that line in Chasing Amy where it's like, you got to treat it like the air traffic controllers. You know, let me know when to slow down, when to stop. You know, let me know what the status is. So after she comes, uh, you know, she kind of like jolts into like my arms and my lap and we get a little cuddle going and Somebody walks by with a watch, so I was like, hey, you got the time? And she's like, it's 3.57. Mm, we just made it. <laughs> like, um, We just made it in part because, like, uh, although she is lovely, the woman who's, like, in charge of the Guardians, low-key scared of. Scared of her in the good way. She's a wonderful, nice person. But I just know that if I uh, am not meeting my responsibilities, I will get yelled at. And uh, she's not someone I want to be yelled at by, so... I was like, I'm t- glad we did this. Very fun. Now I got to I gotta do the responsible stuff. And then I just basically sat there as a guardian watching her play with others for the next hour. So then it was like, you want to meet up outside of the party? Like, let's exchange numbers. And so we're doing that. And I, I make a comment about her 860 area code. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I went to boarding school up there. She's like, which boarding school? I was like, yeah, you never heard of it. It's like really small. She's like, try me. I say, hide, H-Y-D. She's like, you went to the bad boy boarding school? Yep, that's me, Billy Presida, notable bad boy. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> and then th- just as that exchange is finishing, I hear someone say, are you Billy? And a super cute chick in like a, like a one piece red lingerie thing like comes up to me and I'm just like, you know, if that's a good thing, yeah, I'm Billy. And if not a good thing, then like, I don't even know the guy. And she says, uh, she says, like, I listen to the podcast and I follow you on Instagram. Like, I'm, can I have a hug? And I'm like, oh yeah, great. This is, this is good. Uh, cool. I'm glad I'm not getting like called out at 5.01 at an orgy when I just want to go home and sleep. So, so it was, it was a good part. It was a good party. It was a fun party. I don't know who noticed this, but back in January uh, last month, th- there were news reports about this antibiotic resistant, not antibiotic immune, but antibiotic resistant uh, strain of gonorrhea. It's existed for a while, uh, mostly outside of the country, but last month, the first cases of this strain showed up in the United States. Um, two people in Massachusetts got the strain. It was not responding to antibiotics at first. They had to do some other tricky stuff and do X, Y, and Z. And, and you know, they finally recovered and, and they get rid of it. But like, that means it's here, the gonorrhea. And I hear a lot of people talk real loose about their condom usage. I hear a lot of people just go like, oh my God, I'm just like so bad with condoms. Oh my God. I'm like, no, no, no. I know I'm supposed to use them, but like, ah, I just like really don't like them. So I'm, just, I'm kind of bad with them or like, uh, and it's like, fucking stop that shit. Have we not been learning about these COVID strains and variants and shit? Like, it moves into people, it mutates, it becomes a thing, and then eventually it's resistant or evasive of vaccines or therapeutics or whatever that we got. What we can do is be a little more responsible. I know that's not fun to hear. You know, y'all might remember Dr. Ina Park. You know, she's been on the pod a couple of times. She had her own episode, uh, episode 380. If you want to scroll back, she's got a book out called Strange Bedfellows. It's about STDs. And I, you know, I just, I was, I wanted to ask her about this and what my listeners need to know. She, she says, long story short, this is a strain first identified in Asia and then in the UK. You are right that both folks in Massachusetts were treated with the standard treatment. What was concerning was that it looked like their strains might not be susceptible to any antibiotic that we use for gonorrhea. Luckily, they were fine, and we aren't in a dire situation. It's more of a warning sign that we may not be able to use our standard therapy, uh, ceftriaxone. I don't know how to say that, but that's okay. I'm just a comic. Uh, We may not be able to use our standard therapy if the strain becomes more common and develops higher levels of resistance. So it's this slow-moving train that might crash if we don't get some new antibiotics in the next few years. Unfortunately, there isn't anything ready for prime time, but a few drugs being tested in clinical trials seem hopeful. Notice there, she's like, if it becomes more common, we're not in a dire situation. It's a warning sign. And unfortunately, warning sign and and we hear, okay, you can keep going because we're not at, we're going to really squeeze every last drop out of being quote unquote allowed to do something even if we probably shouldn't. Remember, like, I don't know, March 2020, when it was like, hey, if everyone literally stays home for, I don't know, two to six weeks, this won't be a big deal. But people were like, I don't know, I miss Cheryl from brunch. I just, I don't know. I just gotta, I, I'm sorry, but like, I, I gotta. You don't gotta. You can do something that sucks really bad as like your piece of a whole society or community. So when it comes to this, if you're one of those people who's like, oh my God, I hate using condoms. Oh my God, it's okay though, because like I'm on birth control. So it's just like, I just take a pill, I'll be okay. Hey, I'm on prep. So uh, it's not the big bad and hey, I just take the, I just take a pill, I'll be okay. Well, maybe you won't be now. 
because that shit is here. It's a warning sign. The warning sign says means like change behavior now so we don't get to the dire. Because when you get to the dire, sometimes there's not shit you can do. So just a, just a word to the wise, get tested somewhat regularly, especially if you're not in like a committed monogamous relationship, then like I would recommend getting tested multiple times a year. Personally, I try to get tested two to five times a year, depending on my activity level and condom usage. I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect, but geez, the way I hear people talk about condom usage, I'm like, I am I the loser that I use condoms most of the time? Just a note for y'all. I want to get to maybe uh, ASAP. So before we get there, let me just let y'all know that we got the next hot, ooh, a a a hot movie night. If you're new to the show and you think that sounded dumb, look, that was requested. Uh, <laughs> the next hot movie night is going to be February 16th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, hot movie night, we come together, uh, my Patreon community, we gather around in the champagne room, and uh, we watch a retro porno. This month, we're going to be watching The Devil in Miss Jones. Uh, it's uh, allegedly a fucking classic. It was reviewed by Variety, a publication of note. So I hope to see y'all there. Uh, and, the, and the way to get invited is you got to be a Patreon member. You got to be a Patreon member, and then you got to join our Discord server, The Champagne Room, links to which are in both. One of the people I hope to see there uh, is the recipient of this week's Fan Whore Appreciation Moment. Prodigy, baby, thank you for supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. Uh, careful with that broccoli. It's lethal. They know what I'm talking about. Uh, thanks for supporting the pod. Thanks for being a member, and I hope to see you at Hot Movie Night. And you too can become a member for as little as $2 a month. Become a member today. Support the pod you love at patreon.com slash Podcast, or download the Patreon app and find me on there. All right, maybe Burke, part two. We're talking about identity. They have a, uh, a book out, the updated version of I Love Orgasms, A Guide to More. Uh, and you can get 20% off the book, by the way. If you use the promo code manwhorepod at iloveorgasmsbook.com, link and all that in the show notes. That's kind of fun. Normally, they don't normally do that. So, you know, hey, if you if you want to buy the book, I guess there's a code. And uh, now let's go chat some more with, uh, with maybe, baby. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What are, what, what, what are the, the main things you're looking for in this hopeful boyfriend? Um, ideally bisexual, (laughs) but that's also like, is that a functionality of, I can think of like multiple reasons why you might. Yeah. For me, it's mostly, I feel more comfortable around other queer people. I've been dating more street men recently and it is a layer of like fear, but also a layer of like, we have very different bases of humor and references you know like i want somebody who's in community with me and like knows and there there are straight people who like understand things but like i don't want to have to teach trans 101 to my partner you know like i don't want to have to do all of that stuff and people who are somewhere in the lgbtq whatever umbrella we're dealing with tend to have a better 
sense of how to talk about things and all of that. But I mean, really, I want somebody who makes me laugh. And Mm. I talk about this in the workshops that we do with Sex Discussed here and like the ways that we teach about sexuality and desire and pleasure and all of those things is like gender is one thing a person can be attracted to. You know, I'm looking for somebody who is funny and who makes me think in new ways and who takes care of me. Not that like, I'm not going to take care of you back, but like who is a partner is my equal. Like we can like have a life together and you will like think about me when you make choices for your life and things like that. That's all stuff that I want. And I don't think it's that hard to get, you know, but these days there's so much of the like, Ooh, what could I get next? Like, who could I find next? Like there's always something that feels better. And it's hard to just be like, Hey, I really like you. Let's see where that goes instead of like, ooh, who can I like more next? Like that's the constant push where honestly, and I'm having constant conversations with myself over like how shallow I might be because I am a little shallow, but I also, I mean, I want to be attracted to you, you know, like I have certain standards. Why would people accuse you of being shallow? Do tell. Because. Well, here's the thing. I was dating this guy. Or, Does it have to be a six or an eight pack? That's what. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not even physically. I mean, phys- I have my, I have my, I have my. I don't need a six pack. I five can do a one fi- pack. Five is fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not even a thing. Like, I mean, I. I, I like know you. You seem you seem so shy to just say it. <laughs> no, I mean, I like a muscular person, but, and that I mean, I am pretty shallow with like physical features as well. But not necessarily, like that's not a deal breaker for me. Sure, that was that but... was my own projection of my body shape. <laughs> but like, what what I, I was getting at, like, what do you, like do you have like a physical like visual type? Oh, visual type? No, I don't know. Like, it's, it's just sounds like you're trying to describe something. Oh, not really. Like that's my thing. Of like, I talk about I'm physically attracted to personality uh-huh. a lot of the time. There are physical things, but there's so many physical things that are, like are attractive to me mm-hmm. and like beefy muscles. Yes. I'm, I'm a slut for a beefy muscle, <laughs> but also like some like fat men in a shirt look like beefy, mu- you know, like, so I'm like, it's like just like the silhouette still works, you mm-hmm. know, that like, that's not necessarily so much the situation as my neighbor recently put it better than I was able to articulate that I need somebody who's as stable as me or more. Mm. And so not that I like need somebody who can like financially cover things and whatever, but I need to not lose money on you. (laughs) Like I need to like, I freelance like where you have similar like schedules and things that like, I dated a lawyer a couple of years ago that it was like so nice that I was like, oh, you just like go to work every morning and then you like come home at the same time and I'm going to know when you're home. Yeah. He would wake up in the morning, get up to go to the gym, replace himself with his dog in bed with me. I would wake up to a dog and breakfast on the table. And I was like, that's nice. And I'm not saying I need to date somebody who is like, financially in a better place than me and like all of that stuff but like they got their shit together 
Yes, a sense of stability doesn't always need to be financial. Somebody who's sure of what they're doing has like passion and drive in their life and like isn't still figuring out who they are as a person mm-hmm. because I've done that and I've been that person for other people and I'm not looking to be a mentor. I'm looking to be an equal. I mm-hmm. want to be a partner. I'm looking to be a just below equal. That's my ideal. Uh, I want to be basically equal to each their own. I want to be. I want to be like ten percent below because I, I mean, that's where I like to sit. That's hear me <laughs> out on on the physical shallow side of things. I've joked since high school that I need my partner to be like two notches less hot than I am. Okay, because the like how I met your mother. Like there's reachers and settlers. Like I want to be the settler. Sure. Um, I want to be the like how that guy get her. You know. Even though I don't buy into that mentality and sure. things. But that's not necessarily because I need to like feel hotter or whatever. Because I've dated people that I think are like very, very hot. But my attraction tends to be a few notches away from what's conventionally attractive. Sure. Like it does tend to be people who just have like interesting and like prominent features that maybe aren't like the most like conventional Eurocentric standards. Sure. I like an interesting looking person. Well, I hope you can find one in this city not wearing an Eagles jersey. Uh, <laughs> I'll go to a game. To what a is game. it? Baseball? I'll go. <laughs> I know you must be. Uh, <laughs> aren't we in the World Series? We just got in. You're doing this on purpose, aren't this you? I'm doing. Yeah, you, you're like because you you read my you like you knew <laughs> that could get to me. See, but that's that's the girlfriend I am. I'll, right? I'll be the bitch that like <laughs> I'll make you a little like pigs in blankets and be like, okay, have the good sports ball. Which color ball. do I wear? Yeah, green. You're a green and white town. And how do you choose the team? Is it just like the costumes you like more or? You are, you could gaslight an entire (laughs) sports bar. That was amazing. You kept a straight face the entire time. Uh, I have my team that is rarely in the playoffs. So I just uh, picked the one that I bet money on. And then that's the color that I root for. But how did you choose to pick money? Uh, Who had the better players? Uh, or in yesterday's okay. case, my brother-in-law, like, I, you know, he's a 49ers fan. So I, you know, bet on his team. I was like, you know, at least your team's good. So family loyalty. Yeah. I will, I will, uh, I will Not go with a power. different, <laughs> it'll just, yeah, it, 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 you know, I will, uh, I'll default to somebody else's pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, I, you know, I was like, I have a, uh, a partner who's a, or a lover who's a, a Bills fan. I was like, I'll root for your Bills since mine sucked. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I'll do it. I can be a, a team player. Sure. And know. that's. I could, I've, I years ago went to a Super Bowl party with a person I was seeing at the time. Yeah, I'm sure you love the halftime show. I, we <laughs> did like the football lines on the eyes and I covered it in with blue glitter because the team was blue. Yeah. I could, I love you a can, theme. You can hang. I love a theme. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I, that's the thing. I love nerds. You said that I don't look nerdy, but I love nerds. Okay. I'm a nerd for nerds. And I'm like. Sports could be part of that where like I would sit here and listen to you talk to me about comic books for hours and I would just find it adorable. And, it, and like, that's <laughs> who I am. Well, an ex did say, Billy, I think you just like to explain stuff. I was like, I do. I do like to explain stuff. Thank and you. like hyperfixate all you want. I find it adorable when people are like passionate about things. So like literally I'm like, I'm going to like be a bitch and yeah. like say things wrong because I think it's funny. And if you think that's cute, we'll have a good balance. Right. But, like, if you want to just, like, sit here and, like, talk 
foosball to me, sure, I'll let you, <laughs> I'll let you go on a rant, and I'll just be like, okay, sweetie, that's really cute. Now, when you're done, we're gonna go upstairs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, it is funny. I mean, look, I'm, I also, you know, I want to be respectful of your time and all, but <laughs> like, because I could go down a whole side tangent of the idea of uh, the difference between like someone explaining hyper fixating in an adorable way and then someone like explaining crypto like you couldn't possibly understand a thing right you know oh of course yeah, yeah. there's hyper fixation and there's mansplaining mm-hmm. and there's like i don't need you to like suggest that i change my lifestyle and invest money in your thing but like <laughs> sure sure Deutschland if you want to talk to me coin? about your wizards and the <laughs> little goblins that you find adorable Sure. If you want to talk to me about how watching a bunch of men in really tight spandex and big gear that make their muscles look bigger than they actually are, throwing their bodies on top of each other over and over again is the most macho thing you can do with your Sunday. Sure. Go ahead and explain that to me. (laughs) Actually, that version, I might get something out of. (laughs) Um, well, maybe before we go, and you you can you can say no if you'd like to, but I uh, there I did I think I mentioned earlier I got a I got a particular question from a father of a non-binary kid mm. who has is he single? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look. Um, but but it has a question that will feel very one on one. But also, I have a lot of relation to. So if you're comfortable with that, maybe we have like another 10 or so minutes Yeah, for this one. I've been doing advice on social media. I'm happy to ask Auntie Mabes here too. Well, look, the other podcast, they were like, well, we had to ask permission to ask a 101 question. So like, oh, fuck. I should. Well, it's also a thing. I mean, I do 101s for a living. And so like I get tired sometimes of doing it. Some chick who I, we went to the same boarding school at different times. We've never mm-hmm. met in person. I do not know her. We don't even know the same people. But like we're connected because we both went to the same weird boarding school. So like two nights ago, she's like, hits me up at like 1 a.m. And I'm, I'm busy doing something that I, I don't need to be on a phone call. But she's like, can I call, can I ask you like a serious sex question? And I'm like, okay. Because like if someone I kind of know who I've talked to a bit, sure. we flirted like years ago and just nothing happened. I was like, that's fine. But like, I can be a resource uh, if there's a specific question. My brain could be like, you want, I can do that. But she, what she wanted, was she just wanted to talk mm-hmm. about sex, like mm-hmm. I guess about pegging. And she just wanted to talk about it because she doesn't have anyone else to talk to about it. And I'm like, I I sympathize that like that's maybe you don't have friends that you think you can talk to. Or you don't have this whatever community. But like you could read this book. We talk about pegging. Yeah. You could join my <laughs> discord server. You could talk to like hundreds of people in my server about But like I am not here to just listen to you on the phone when I'm trying to do something else. So you get to talk about this thing. Like I am not because I get that. Like you may get that about a lot of trans questions. I get that about like sexuality questions or non-monogamy. And it's just like we haven't spoken in seven years. I don't have a half hour to give you on the phone because you didn't like want to pay somebody. But you can pay me. I am the person you should be paying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, this this question is coming from our Ask the Guest channel in the Champagne Room. This is a patron-only channel. If you're a Patreon member, you can ask questions for my upcoming recordings. This one comes from P. Matter. He writes, I'm a 56-year-old cis male. My oldest has identified as non-binary, and I support them in their decision. However, when I ask why they feel this way, They feel that they didn't want to conform to the typical stereotype of female, thus they chose non-binary. 
I'm older, of course. And when I grew up, I didn't consider myself to be that st- stereotypical male. But I just figured that I'd be who I was so that I could bust some of those male stereotypes and try to steer them towards a more encompassing view of men. I have trouble understanding why they are saying that they aren't the stereotype and won't engage in it at all, as opposed to just saying that the stereotypes needs to be modified and living their life in a way that reflects that change in the stereotype. Okay, P matter, man. You got to write a little clearer, buddy. But I see what you're trying to say. You're saying like, hey, why can't why why not just say stereotypes are dumb, the gender roles are dumb, and they need to be eliminated as opposed to just being like, I'm going over here. Uh, he continues, I know some other parents of non-binary children who feel similarly. They 100% support their child's right to choose to view themselves as non-binary, but they wonder why they are doing that. Versus just trying to show that the stereotype is too rigid and should be eliminated or modified to include them. Can you help some of us dinosaur-brained older people out uh, in understanding the distinction between... He, he keeps saying choosing non-binary, which I know mm-hmm. has, is, is not the best way to phrase that. Between identifying as non-binary versus just fighting the stereotype. Mm-hmm. And perhaps discuss what gender means nowadays. You don't have to go that basic, but... Uh, yeah, I think we got the idea there, which I'm going to just simply say I relate to in a bit for my own identity mm-hmm. in that, like, am I am I a guy the way I am a guy or is what a guy is that doesn't feel right or click with me. So I'm over here and I before I decided, to, look, if I've got all the best cards right now, I was like, I'll hold them until someone can really explain properly why I'm trading any in. You know, might as I well. Heard we- you say that to Vera Drew, and I was like, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, let me enjoy. Oh, you listened to Vera's episode. Yeah. Okay, so you've heard a little bit where my my relation is yeah. to that topic. What would you say to this this yeah this father? He's like, I'm on board, yeah. but I don't get it. The child we're talking about is 15. Uh, I don't think I heard an age. Oh, but did I it's make it, that up? Well, he's 56. Um, oh, maybe I took that. And I started over and took out the name because I was like, I actually don't know how old this person right. is. So, um, what I'm gonna say is depending on how recent this news is or like how recent um, this identity has shown up in the person's life, um, they might not have the best ways to explain it. And so starting with the idea that like when I was first explaining the fact that I'm non-binary to my family and to people in my life, I was really bad at explaining this stuff and explaining like what that meant and why and all of those pieces. The other thing that I'm going to say is identifying as non-binary and just like facing against stereotypes and all of that go hand in hand. And so it's a both and situation. Mm -hmm. It's not that being non-binary is not addressing stereotypes because the gender binary is stereotypes. And so having a label to take you out of the binary is inherently addressing and like non-conforming to those stereotypes but as soon as you identify as the other as a different identity marker the stereotypes no longer apply to you so it's not you're not pushing back against the stereotype you're you're opting out of that whole situation and that's where there's a larger conversation to be had and i think really like the crux of this for a lot of people is the difference between identity and expression Mm. and Gender identity is like who you are and how you think about yourself. I know for myself, when I was studying psychology in college, there was a lot of conversation around gender and like how men think and operate and how women think and operate. 
psychology is like 10 years behind yeah. almost every other conversation because like research takes a while to do in things. But it was very clear to me that I was like, oh, I don't belong in either of those categories fully. Mm. Like neither of those really makes sense to me all of the time. And while it's also not the case for most people who do identify within those categories, that was about identity. Like the word man and the word woman were not com- like completing my identity. I wasn't thinking about like, oh, the way that I dress is a little bit outside of what you expect from a woman. You know, like I wasn't thinking about like, oh, my mannerisms are really effeminate, but like my whatever else is really masculine or whatever. This wasn't about like, oh, I just, I just, I just like dress. I, I like, this isn't like, oh, I like wearing a dress and makeup. This isn't as simple as. Right. Right. Because that's my expression. Mm-hmm. And I do have a very femme expression. And I have a femme identity. And my okay. expression is in line with my identity. For a lot of folks, choosing the word non-binary, and I'm saying choosing because you do choose the label you use to okay. talk about your identity. I'll give him that. Okay. Um, but like identifying as non-binary and like claiming the term is not a choice necessarily like to be non-binary, but you can choose to use that word. There's a lot of other words that somebody might use. There's a lot of words I've used in my life. Um, in my, back in my day, um, we didn't have the word non-binary, but if somebody is identifying as non-binary, that's a word that has been really helpful for them to be able to articulate some things. I know for myself, people talk all the time that they're like, why can't we all just like not have labels? And like, why do we need all of these words? Wouldn't it be easier if we were all just people? Mm. And I'm like, sure, that would be a lovely world for me to live in, but I'm living in this world. And in this world, I need the words to tell you who I am. For thousands of years since Aristotle, we have classified things and objects and people and stuff. Right. And I think like, I know there are people who say we should have none of the the label things. I don't know. Human history doesn't really showcase that. I do think we need, things need to have definition. And I think it's fine if like a word doesn't have its most solid definition yet, at some point, I feel like this needs to be something that can be somewhat explained simply. And some of it's like, I, like I feel a way is one thing, but then when I hear, well, I just don't feel like I conform to what society expects of a woman. I'm like, I feel like those are different things, no? For me, the words that I use are dependent on what I want from the person I'm talking to. Okay. Yeah, the, our world is set up to understand each other through labels and i talk all the time i'm like for people who are like uh i don't like labels i'm like grocery shopping must be a nightmare (laughs) nobody picks up a chicken and they're like why can't they all just be birds you know like that's not how we function as a society we label things and for me my labels help you Mm -hmm. see me for who i know myself to be Mm -hmm. The words that I use for my identity are to veer you away from calling me something I'm not. Mm -hmm. Because if I just was like, I'm a person, I'm not using labels, a lot of people would make assumptions about the person that is because we live in a very gendered society and Mm -hmm. we live in a world where people think and assume gender all of the time. Mm -hmm. So I use words like non-binary to make sure that you know that I'm not those things you're assuming. I use words like woman 
to make sure you know I'm not a man, mm. you know, <laughs> like that. That's and like my identity specifically is more complicated, and I talk a lot about what it means to be non-binary and a woman in a lot of more nuanced and complicated ways. But the piece that I want to offer for like older folks, I think he said dinosaur brain, dinosaur brain, really older cute. people, yeah. And I'm of at this point now an older generation as well. Like I'm thirty. And there are kids who are using language that I don't know these days. Like, I'm learning a ton on TikTok and all of those things. And the re- the reality is, you don't have to understand something in order to respect it. And sure. you don't have to understand why somebody's using certain language for their identity yeah. in order for you to affirm them. And that's definitely, that is the mass broad, what we're trying to tell people. We're trying, that's what we're trying to tell the live and let live crowd who are a little annoying because they go like, what? Just live, let live. Yeah, but your neighbor who you hang out with isn't letting people live and let live and you're ignoring that. Right. I think we're on board with there. I think here we got, hey, we're respecting it. Yeah. We'd like to understand it. Yeah. And like, I know i I'm the last, I don't know, maybe four or five years. I would, I've been trying to understand it mm-hmm. to see if it applies or not for in my life. Honestly, same. And that's like, yeah, but like not for nothing. I look at you and I go like, she, yeah, I was like, they, they've got it going on. Like, cause even then I'm like, like, I don't know. Like I keep, I keep, uh, like kind of, uh, I kind of, I know you use they, she pronouns, but I kind of instinctively kind of go to she because of how feminine you present mm-hmm. and like how you do your makeup and how you wear your hair and how you dress. Like, I don't know who could look at you. And even if they know, even if they can look at you and like, okay, I think I can guess like the genitalia they have, mm-hmm. like, and still possibly be wrong. Right. right. Like, even then, I still don't know who looks at you and goes like, "Well, that's a dude." I can't. I can't. You can't look at. You have your, to do it on purpose. Your TikTok. Yeah, exactly. You have to push yourself to that because my expression is very clear. I am a very stereotypical girly girl. Yes, you are, and I'm leaning into that. <laughs> and I'm not trying to hide the fact that I was assigned male at birth. Right? Mm. I don't care. I'm again not interested in like being assumed to be cis. Yeah, because that's I'm a very proud trans person. Yeah. Um, like if you Google me, I think you can figure out I'm trans before like my last name, like literally like you find a lot out. And so my whole thing with like, you don't actually, I'm interested in releasing our need for that understanding Mm -hmm. because in my, in my experience, if I lead with respecting people, I'm actually going to understand them better. Sure. And I, it's a faster path to understanding. And I think that's what this father is doing. And it sounds like, like you're saying let go of the track. curiosity. Like let go of yes. needing to know. Because if you're trying to figure out what makes me non-binary, you're focusing on the one aspect of what makes me different from other people. Mm. I hear in trainings that I do often or like when I'm first getting to know people often, people have questions about my name being maybe. And often after somebody gets to know me a little bit or like hears me talk for a while... They're like, oh, that actually is a beautiful name for you. And it makes a lot of sense because like of the ways that I approach things and the ways that I exist and my framework of mind and things. I I like thinking of it as uh, you swiping, being like, maybe I did once match with a person named no on Tinder. Stop it. And I really wanted to marry them. So our wedding (laughs) hashtag could be no and maybe say yes. (laughs) That is perfect. I know. I, you better write that into some script. 
at some point. That and the and the guy stepping back, like me it'll too be in movement. my next book. Me too movement. Remember, oh, we were. And I like to think there's a chalkboard book. in his room. There's a hundred times he writes "Me too" movement. Me too movement. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so so release the need to understand and just be like I. And so like it's okay to say I don't get it, but this is my non-binary kid. Yeah. And non-binary is a category. It's a chasm. It's mm. it's not one fixed thing. Mm. There's not man, woman, and non-binary. That is a Venn diagram, everything I just said. You yeah. know, like, and there is room for complexity and nuance. And you can be a man and be non-binary. Like, that's a thing that is possible. I am a woman and I am non-binary. And, I, and this is me relating to dinosaur brain i didn't understand that five years ago Mm. when i heard other non-binary women talking about that years ago i was like in the place where i was like i'm gonna affirm that because that is i'm gonna reflect the language you're using back to you and i'm not gonna tell you that's invalid right but i didn't understand it and now five years later i understand it and i identify with it and it makes sense to me and I feel like I, I just want to like, like I would never want to utilize a term for myself that I couldn't explain back to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I just know I feel different, but like I also have a heavy bullying history. I'm also not like a typical, I don't hold on to typical traditional masculinity shit. And so it's just like, again, I think we come back to the question that's kind of in the, yeah. the listener's um, question in that, like, am I a guy the way I'm doing guyness? Because like the when you hear the concept of non-binary, I think we just think like it sounds like you just don't fit into the boxes. And a lot of people who 20 years ago were like, we need to get rid of gender roles. Modern day feminism was about like tearing down gender roles so like everybody can do all the things. Like, and so the this seems to almost be in conflict with that. And that almost as if it's like a solution to if we can't rip it down, then can we mm-hmm. create another space or terminology? Well, that's what's very interesting if you actually look through like the histories of non-binary community mm-hmm. and identity and experience is that non being non-binary is tearing that system down mm-hmm. because the system of there only being two genders is a system of oppression and is a system of power. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound like I'm getting on a soapbox here, but the gender binary is directly linked to white supremacy mm-hmm. and European colonization. And if you look throughout human history, most cultures and societies had much more expansive views mm-hmm. around gender mm-hmm. before European colonization happened. And so that history has been erased from a lot of our knowledge base and a lot of our resources. And we don't really, we're uncovering a lot of stuff in recent years to be able to talk about those experiences again. And so those of us who grew up with that being like, I'm just not like other girls or whatever that is through today's lens, that is non-binary. But then why not? Why? And and I'm not doing saying this challenge. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that I'm just, I'm posing the question, but then why not just, why is it not just, I'm a woman and this is how I'm a woman and fucking deal with it. And that is some people's experience. Mm -hmm. I've had conversations with folks where I was like, I'm non-binary. You're, a man who breaks down stereotypes of what it means to be a man by existing differently. I'm not going to tell you you're non-binary because of that, but you're not going to tell me I'm a man because of that. But, but then we come back to defini- like definition and classification where, where it's like things should mean things and it's okay if there's like a period of we don't know what to use the word, period of transition of understanding what the words will finally mean 
And so then I guess that would maybe come up with the question of like, do you think in 20 years that is possible, not definite, but possible the word non-binary might not be needed? I don't know what it's going to be. And that's interesting because while we were writing this book, we were also printing something is like pretty set in stone that like we were talking about, there's a discussion of like whether or not non-binary is hyphenated and we like opted to not put the hyphen in the word non-binary, yeah. even though I do today. But we were like 10 years from now, I don't think there's going to be a hyphen. So mm-hmm. let's just get rid of it. You know, like yeah. we were making those decisions as we were writing this book because things can change very quickly. And next week we might learn something new and then our book's out of date, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. But that's a thing where non-binary wasn't around 10 years ago. I didn't know that term 10 years ago. Mm. And we know it now. And it's very popular right now. And I think it's incomplete. I do think it is, it's a category that holds a lot of different experiences. Like it's not really set in stone on purpose. But also neither is woman. Okay. Neither is man. And I think that's the thing that we're pushing towards. Not the gender-free, no labels world, but the gender-free, any labels world. Mm -hmm. And that two people can on paper look very similar, like have very similar interests and expressions and attitudes and all of those things, and yet use very different words to describe themselves and will just agree with both of them. What I heard was, Billy, you can continue to abuse your privilege and hold whichever cards you decide you want to hold. (laughs) And here's the thing to anybody listening and relating to Billy's current situation, calling yourself non-binary does not rid you of that privilege. And so, well, I mean, I, well, I think, uh, it would, if I changed my, here's the thing. It's like, I just, I would still, I would still look like a dumpy dude. Sure. I I think like, I think people who like have like, dated me for like mm-hmm. i think they would they understand which like if you're around me for long enough you'd be like all right this isn't like always a guy and sometimes you're like this is very much a guy yeah. and yeah but i don't know yeah you just made something more real i was just trying to be like hey guys i'm uh i'm just keep my my royal flush hand and then they made it real <laughs> how dare you well i do talk about privilege a lot and i do handle with care yeah but, but i do that's... understand well because like to i mean the humor comes from like i understand that like uh if i just choose to hold on to more privileged labels i get benefit from that unless you know but like you're saying i think that billy it doesn't matter because they're gonna still see you and perceive you privilege is a thing that's given to you by other people okay. it's not a thing you can claim mm-hmm. like i I don't think I ever had like the epitome of like straight male privilege in my Mm. life because I was raised as a little femi queer kid that like wasn't getting, I have had experiences of male privilege. Like, sure. Like I'm not saying that I have that now because I don't think trans women have male privilege and we need other words to talk about those things. But I've had, there's also like layers and nuance and versions of what, male privilege is and you're a white man you have more privilege because of that you like are conventionally attractive you have more privilege because of that i'm sorry what did you say (laughs) shut up (laughs) (laughs) at least relatively maybe two notches lower no um (laughs) but that's where we have conversations of like what privilege means and what privilege looks like or what man means or what woman means and what woman looks like Mm -hmm. is all based in our personal experiences of it. And like, 
I'm not what some people consider a woman, mm. but I'm what a lot of people consider a woman. I'm what I consider a woman. And anybody who's important to me considers me to be correct and myself, you know? And that's, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't think my mom understands it. I think my mom is incredibly affirming and we've done a lot of work together and she is really like, I feel like her daughter in ways that I never thought that I would in things. Mm. I don't think she could fully articulate it to other people very as like easily as I can, you know, like my, the complexity of my identity and she doesn't have to, you know, I'm not asking her to. And that's same with this person asking this question. Like your kid is non-binary. Make sure you know what language they like being used when you talk about them. And the rest might come into place later. Like, it will start making more sense over years. Like I said, like, I didn't understand this five years ago, and I do now, you know? Like, things start making more sense. When you start seeing that person in more accurate lighting. And maybe more importantly, and this can apply to a lot of people for a lot of issues, but uh, it's okay to not understand, and you can still say the thing or you know it's yeah. like whether it's in we're talking about gender Precisely. or race relations or whatever it may be just it's okay to not know stuff yeah and that's on like a general society whole i think we need to get a lot more comfortable with like a lack of knowledge and like a lack of perfectionism and all of those things and just being able to be like hey i actually don't know the best way to answer that let me look it up or go to somebody who does or whatever it may be. You know what? I don't understand the science of vaccines because you know what? I'm not a fucking scientist. And I say that all of the time. Like, I don't know what neuroscience... They're saving lives sometimes, though. But So I respect that. Yeah. There's plenty of cultural practices that I'm not a part of that culture. I don't know what the point is. I don't know the inside of my car, and that's okay. There's someone... I pay for that. We pay scientists for that thing. And if you want to, like, you know, laugh or something or, like, organize a gangbang, you come pay me, right? Like, these are... We all have our things. Yeah. And I don't have to know all the others. Everybody's good at something. Yeah. And that's, yeah, we don't have to understand everything that we respect. Yeah. And I don't think people understand most things in the world. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. But at the end of the day, things are changing. Generations are using language differently than the generation before. And that's not just in conversation about gender. Yeah. That's in conversation about like everything in the ways that we navigate the world. And you are limited by your experiences of a thing, but passing that limitation down to other generations is not going to do us any good. And so if we just like let folks tell us who they are and agree with them, I honestly don't care if you understand it. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Tune in next week when we try to be like, so Billy, what what does straight mean? I don't, I don't even know anymore. Whatever. Yeah. Wow. Someone asked me today, I was like, yes, but like, I don't even know what that word means. And, and that's whatever. a label you can use if that's how you like to think of your own sexuality. And yeah, our left to brain is all like, no, 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 things have meanings and stuff. And was, and, but you know, that's a whole other thing. We've, I feel like we've done two episodes up. in one. Yeah. Um, I, I could do this all day. Uh, <laughs> Happy to. I mean, look, I, I, I mean, the only other thing I had on the piece of paper was a uh, safe word. Not like what a safe word is, but like your show. Not my show, but a show that I was in. Well, earlier you had referenced like 
you have written something that like shown something something from your life. Yes. So I didn't know if maybe that was safe for it. I was oh, like, no, 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 safe word was just a play that I did. Um, the show that I wrote is called love letters to nobody. Okay. Or insignificant, insignificant others. Insignificant um, others is, is better. The first one makes me sad for you. I mean, it, it, it don't the, they all the, the um, last, the first one is this is like the, uh, the, the titlefication of what you did earlier when you went, <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that show is it's a series of letters gotcha. to all of the people that have hurt me <laughs> which um sounds sad but sometimes it's funny um but there is also like a letter to nobody because mm. it's like my future partner and Aww. like um and it's like i know you're someone and you're my someone um, but they're out there. Also, a lot of my exes, um, and also like earlier facets of me and pieces, um, and a letter to my mom and all of those things. And so I did that show a couple of times in New York um, while I was out there, and then I think it's what kind of like put me on people's radar as an actor in New York for a while, mm-hmm. and kind of like kickstarted how my career has shaped up, but also really was a practice of me talking about sex and relationships publicly for the first times and being able to like talk about my identity on stage and be like, that might not make sense to everybody in the audience, but it makes sense to me and that's fine. And there's a person on stage saying it. And so it's true for the moment, you know, at least like for the time that we're here. Um, It was a really lovely little project that I do think about bringing back. I'm, might end up trying to sell it to publishers and like see if it could just be a book that exists because it's just a series of letters um but it's a good friend of mine when they came to see it told me that it was the first time they had seen a trans femme on stage who loved themselves and that is like everything i want to be as an example to other trans feminine people in the world of like I was talking about a bunch of shitty situations with exes and things, but the through line was that I knew I deserved better. And like the through line is I love me and I want somebody else to do that too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I look for one day when you're, when you're putting out a letter to somebody special, I hope you get that. And thank you. Um, you seem, you seem lovely and you seem like you deserve it. So. Uh, but maybe this was a blast. You know, where can people go to find you, follow you? I know we got the book out. I heard you uh, You might have a code yes. of some sort. Yes, if you use the code MANHORPOD. <laughs> oh, wow. I had no idea we were getting the, the publicity tracking was starting to get this special. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just for your listeners, you can use the code MANHORPOD. Y'all, please make me look good. <laughs> Go pick up I Heart Orgasms, the new edition. If you want to learn about pleasure, <laughs> if you want to learn about having sex with folks um, in more gender-free and expansive ways, um, you can go ahead and use the cor- the, the code um, manhorpod to get 20% off. You can go to iloveorgasms.com to find that book. Um, more about me, you can go to maybeburke.com. You can follow me on social media anywhere at Believe in Maybe. Um, or you can go to that intersection in Philly and apparently <laughs> find me like that man on Grinder. Uh, yeah, no, there'll be the one in the yellow hat. <laughs> apparently. 
Uh, and anyone who listened to last week's episode, uh, if you're in the movie theater, I'm the, I'm the guy in the, in the back with the white hat. Uh, don't, don't look at me till I put my hand on your thigh. You know the scene. Uh, uh, maybe this was, yeah, don't worry. I need to listen to that episode. <laughs> uh, maybe you were blessed. Uh, you know, thank you so much. And thank why don't you. you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, folks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, after we were done recording, like uh, maybe basically accused me of being non-binary. How dare they? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, by the way, you know, maybe mentions the idea that like these alternative gender identities, that these are not new. These are not like some sort of millennial Gen Z invention that this has all existed people have existed like this for a long long time uh, i recommend the book by past man Whore podcast guest when brooklyn was queer if you want to get a little peek into that i'm not going to bog you down with a bunch of links they're always in the show notes i'm going to try to keep this end part a little tighter but again if you want to shoot me an email with your comments your questions your criticisms maybe your booby pictures you know maybe, maybe your dick pic with the word man Whore podcast written in sharpie if you can fit it all can send any and all of that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. You want a first date tip? Avoid work conversation. Maybe unless you're in the same field, okay, but like it's probably boring. It's probably not that interesting. You'll probably get to it later. I don't think connecting about your disconnected works is going to really connect you to. Unless, unless your work is like really, really fucking cool and they ask you. Instead, steer the conversation towards something more sincere, something more fun. Go forth with that and good luck. And a friendly reminder that you can test out the perks of Patreon membership for free, including access to Hot Movie Night on February 16th. I am offering seven-day free trials to my $5 tier on Patreon. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to offer this free trial for, so you may want to try it sooner than later. I recommend doing it like maybe next week when you want to like also be able to go to Hot Movie Night. So go to patreon.com slash podcast. Find me in the Patreon app if you want, and you'll see at the $5 tier, start your free trial. Give it a try. I think you're going to find that by the end of those seven days, Billy deserves five bucks a month for all that extra, extra that you're getting behind the paywall. All right, everybody, I got I to gotta lock this thing up because then I got to clean my room up and I got to make everything nice because there's a very, very hot lady who wants to come over and give me a really long hand job while she puts stuff in my butt. Stay slutty.